1: To Security Insecure, this is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot, and every week I'm done my one very special guest. My guest today is returning to Security Insecure after the most incredible hour we had last year. She's a TV presenter, a radio presenter, an author, a documentary maker, and a mum. She's showing you how to confess, how to manifest your, well, let's just say your bleak, how to break taboos, how to understand those around you and far from you, and more likely what goes into your food. She may be able to make you look 10 years younger, but for me, she's able to make me feel 10 years wiser. I'm delighted to welcome two and my dear friend Sherry Healy.
2: My lovely Johnny, what an introduction. It's tears yeah
1: you know how proud I am of that last line? I wrote it at like two o'clock in the morning, one night when I was trying to sleep, and it just came to, you know when a, a thing comes to you? It came and down. It came to me and I was like, I need to remember it for tomorrow so I can write it down because I don't want to get my phone out. And then I remember that I was like, this is probably the best line I've ever written. She may be able to make you look 10 years younger, but for me, she's able to make me feel 10 years wise. I just think that's so clever. I'm really proud it's of myself. So
2: it's so good. The universe was like, I'm just going to give you some magic poetry.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. I feel like Tom Olsen now. Um, but talking to the universe, how are you doing with the universe? Because last time we spoke, it was like a couple of months after lockdown. You were very into your manifestations. You'd released a book about it. We were very much entwined with the universal energies. Where mm-hmm. are you now, though, now that everything's gone back to normal?
2: Wow. I mean, gosh, when we talked, it was such a, a poignant time in my life. Like, Kelly had kind of taken a pause for me because we had inside the factory lined up and then obviously covid happened and all the factories closed and they wouldn't let anyone in understandably you know they're the front line providing the food so for the first time in a very long time i wasn't really really busy and i found that i found that really really hard obviously had the kids and we had homeschooling but so that's when i started to think about what what do i really love and what do i really And I realized that I do this thing called manifesting and I've always done it really secretly. So I've done it 15 years, never really talked to anyone about it, except for my friend, Nat, who I knew was really open-minded. And I talked to her and I was like, shall we do a course? Like, would that be, do you think people would like that? And we worked on it and we wrote this seven week course called Manifest That. (laughs) And, And it was a real hit and people seemed to really respond to it and like it. And then we did it again and then we did it again. And we did that th- three times and 200 women each time came on us We've now done, we've talked to 600 women. and We've had the most amazing stories like people changing careers, people leaving um, relationships that are toxic, people moving to Costa Rica with a whole family. So we constantly hear about how women are, are, once they're taught, once you understand what it is to really ask yourself what you want. And that isn't as easy as people think it is. Like if that was easy, then everyone would, have like a wish list of what they want but actually people find that really intimidating they self-edit they don't believe they deserve good things so we teach people psychological tricks about how to get get around yourself how to dream big believe in yourself but actually how to do that because lots of people go oh believe in yourself well i would janet if i knew how that's why the course was really really works because it actually is pretty practical and then also at the beginning of this year so i've always wanted to make programs about women and at the beginning of this year, well, actually before before this year, but kind of when lockdown started to ease, I got offered this incredible project, like this dream project, which is women's health, breaking the taboos. And I just couldn't believe it really. It really came from heaven. The fact that I get to talk talk to women about stories that aren't often talked about. So we cover things like endometriosis and vaginal dryness and incontinence and prolapse and heavy periods and menopause like all the things that people say like this are like got very heavy period and we can say it out loud and you hear loads of women telling their stories in a really relaxed way and they have they take ownership of those conversations there's no embarrassment when they talk about it
1: do you know what i love about you sherry is that you know for decades we've seen you doing those documentaries for bbc3 you know before you were a mum before you were married and had a long-time partner you did those documentaries about you know trivial things about eating etc etc but you've grown up you've realized who you are then you became an ambassador for the Eva Pill, of my friend dr ellie cannon and then so suddenly you're in this brand new ethos where you're becoming the queen of women's issues and like this new responsibility, this new purpose you've got is incredible because you're not competing with, as we said last time, like a Stacey Dooley to do these documentaries for the BBC or to have a game show. You've found your place and now you're going to own it because there's no one else doing it but you. And you can just get bigger and bigger without any competition.
2: Well, Davina made that fantastic, fantastic documentary about programming about about menopause um, a year and a half ago. I can't remember how long ago, but, and that really blew the gates open for women talking about women's issues on television. I mean, before that, I don't think, I think, I think a commission, about only about women's health, I don't know. I mean, it it seems like women are really having a moment and I definitely want to be part of that, Johnny. I mean, absolutely. I think you're right, as I've grown up, you try lots of different things. I've tried, you know, consumer has is is wonderful and fun and I'll always be interested in why people buy things and how things are made, of course, like everyone's interested in that. That's a fantastic subject. But the more I move into health and wellness and what makes women tick and how to look after women, how do we look after ourselves, because society doesn't always look after us for us so the the women who come to me on ten years younger are women who have for three decades looked after everyone else they've done the school runs they've done the pat lunch and then they go to work and then they come back and they make supper and then they lay out the laundry and then they you know they haven't stopped and the idea of doing an hour of pilates doing an hour of exercise in the day is like laughable like oh my god i don't have that time i don't have time to sit and read in a park so actually, they get to 40 and they think, I really have never taken care of myself. I don't know what suits me. I haven't been to a hairdresser for a really long time. I don't know if I like who I am particularly at the moment. So it's women like that that I suppose I want to help because I don't think society causes women to put themselves first.
1: No, and it's very interesting because I, as you know, produced a feminist female, uh, radio show for four years. And as a male producer, you know, I thought, like, oh, we, we shouldn't talk about periods, you know. I couldn't even say the word. And there were so many things I was like, well, let's just look like loose women would do at that time of what would the female perspective be on that issue? But still, we're not going down that route of being very specific to females. It was like, we're going to talk to men about female issues, but you're talking to females about female issues. And then yes. obviously, there is a taboo there, which obviously leads us to breaking the taboo, which is on Channel 5 all week at seven o'clock. And that idea of a taboo. So, why is it a taboo, first of all?
2: Well, it's really interesting. I've, I've thought about this a lot. So I did wonder, like, before we, before we try and bust is it, is it still a taboo? Well, yes, absolutely. So if you want to see kind of covert, embarrassed behavior, watch women pass themselves a tampon. Like, it's honestly, it's like two ninjas, like MI6, you know, they, they walk with the tampon, like, with their sleeve, and then they pass it to each other in the office. And that shows that women are incredibly embarrassed about having sanitary products okay another example you go out you go out on a night out and you cut your you cut you cut your arm and there's a bit of blood on your t-shirt it's like it's not ideal but you're fine if a woman came back from a night out and she she saw that she had a bit of period blood on her trousers i can say safely say that many 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 women the majority of women would feel absolutely mortified mortified we can watch a film a horror film and see blood splattering everywhere, shed in anger, shed in violence. And yet you, we can't see period blood because it's so disgusting. And I think the message starts really young when we're at school, when girls are talked about periods, but I mean, in such a hushed way. And the boys learn by proxy that it is shameful. Like it's, we deal with periods in the same way that we deal with like heroin and crack cocaine. It's like, God, it's, you know, it's, it's a taboo. And I think it starts really early on. I think it's historical as well. I think women have always been told that we need to be pretty and attractive to men and potentially ready to have sex at any time. And like periods can be a bit messy. They're miraculous. They're the reason we're all here. They're the most incredible self-cleaning system in the entire world. Every single month, my uterus is like, mm, I will spring clean myself in the most incredible and thorough way to get ready for new life, to bring new life. So for historically, women have been told that anything yucky is to be hidden. Now, I'm not saying that boys don't have their fair share and men don't have their fair share of these taboo subjects but women definitely are not taught to be proud of their bodies and to take, think about breastfeeding. I mean, breastfeeding is only recently just become acceptable to do it in public. Breastfeeding, one of the most natural things in the world, you have to hide, you have to get a linen, you have to cloth because God, God forfend that, that people see a woman's biological dealings. And I think women are standing up now and saying, no, I'm proud of my body, I understand my body, I'm gonna call things by their real names. The easiest way to oppress people is to make them feel ashamed of themselves. I mean, that's how, you know, and and that works in so many different categories, but women have been oppressed for a long time because we felt ashamed.
1: I don't want to diminish anything you've just said because I completely agree with you, but you've hit the nail on the head and it was all about the education because as a guy, obviously I, I, I can relate to stuff that you're talking about, but also think as a guy, right, even things like grooming like how do you know how to do certain things so we obviously know to brush our teeth in the morning but we were never taught about I don't know how to have fingernails you know should you have a manicure or pedicure oh no that's really good and I've always bitten my nails right and a girl said to me oh your nails are really short she them. i them such yeah oh and I know that I've heard on the grapevine that girls will be put off by a guy if their nails don't look good so I thought okay I'm going to grow them so I grew them over the past two weeks and then they got too long and I was like well what do I do now and so I saw five different nail shops and I, I just walked past them. I went, no, I can't go in there. It's full of girls. Oh, no, I can't go in there. It's full of girls. And so I know what you're saying, but I think normalising these conversations, of course, boys and girls is so important. To exactly. know that nails grow, hair grows yeah. everywhere. Do you get a shave? Do you get a wax? Oh, no, it's embarrassing to get a wax. And I know a lot of shops are starting to allow having male treatments, but it's still seen as a very female thing. And likewise, as you're talking about, female problems there's also male problems and this all comes back to education and normalizing so many conversations and you've just started to break that to be but I think there's so much
2: more to explore as well. Absolutely I think there's a really good important conversation has been over the last few years about men being able to show their emotions and that's huge and we know that suicide is the biggest killer for men and the, the idea I mean, I mean the idea that boys are allowed to show their emotions but it's It's the difference between feeling isolated and like you're pretending and feeling like the people around you really know who you are. And I think as human beings, what we really want is to be useful and to feel seen. That's it. I really think that that's like, and, and then the meaning of life is to have wonderful experiences as much as you can to get as many, to milk life for all of its wonderful, fun experiences. But in order to do that, we need to feel seen, like understood And we need to feel useful in some way and how on earth can men feel seen if they're not allowed to say at work, I couldn't get out of bed yesterday. I felt really down. I felt really upset. My girlfriend's being really difficult or she's left me and I just can't come into work instead of just suck it up, you know, and and women get told to do that as well. They get to, you know, go, I've got a really heavy period. Well, suck it up, deal with it. And I think things are changing. The world is becoming a bit more accepting that it doesn't really benefit anyone if people get told to shut up and then we lose those people. Maybe we lose them emotionally, but we might even lose them physically. So things are changing for women and men. And the power of conversation is not to be belittled. It is. It's the chat. So we filmed on one of the on one of the episodes we filmed with a woman who suffers from vaginal dryness. That's really, really tricky to talk about. I mean, that is I mean, if we're talking about the patriarchy like women, Being ready for a guy, being pretty, being lovely, being fertile, you know, um, vaginal dryness is like the opposite of that. It's uncomfortable to have sex and it's almost like, you know, there's a lot of misogynistic chat about women being wet. You know, there's like an idea that if a girl isn't, then she's not into you. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is, women are much more complicated than that. Um, so vaginal dryness is massively taboo because it's not nice for men. And I didn't know if we were going to find anyone to talk to us about it, I really didn't, but a very brave woman decided to open up um, and that's one of the symptoms of menopause for her. And she told us sex is really, really uncomfortable, like you can imagine, it's like sandpaper, walking becomes difficult, standing up is painful. like any movement, you can imagine it's like sandpaper in between your legs, like so uncomfortable. And she was really brave and she went to get help and it's really, the help is really good for vaginal dryness; like it's really effective and it's not invasive, well, it's not too invasive. Like, so you can either do a topical gel, so you insert the gel into yourself and it's an oestrogen gel and it makes everything feel comfortable. And she had like a probe that encourages oestrogen stimulation. So the solutions are there. Sex is not always penetrative sex. For a woman it's and i think a man it could be so much more there's so many more rides you know there's touching and enjoying each other's company and being really close to each other um so i agree there are other things you can do if a woman is suffering from vagina dryness and i think the more we talk to women and boys and men about it about how it doesn't always mean that the girl isn't into you please don't use it as some kind of trophy and i think a certain sensitivity in it in the same way that women should be sensitive and thoughtful to men about the size of their penis. Like, we're not here for each other to be trophies. And you might miss out on a really phenomenal relationship because you're looking at something that trivial.
1: And that's that's really interesting. And you mentioned TikTok. I'd love to pick your brains about TikTok, if that's okay. Yeah, um, I put a video up last week of uh, another podcast episode, actually. It was with Billy Brown and Josh Gray from Love Island. And it had... 100,000 views uh, to cam. And my TikToks don't go like that. I get 100 views, 200 views. It's got 100,000 views. And so we've moved away from just having conversations. On TikTok now, you've got five things you can do. The first was is you upload a video, okay? The second is you can now see who views your profile. The third thing you can do is see how many views you get on a video. Then you can see how many saves you get. Then you see how many comments you get then you see how many shares you get and suddenly we've got these six different factors now that are growing into us of our self-consciousness of why have I got another follower now oh I've got another page view why is that page view not turned into a follower why is that follower not commented oh why is it not doing anything now why is that and so what we're saying about conversations is one thing in terms of we need to have more conversations about men's mental health we will speak out But now, we've moved away from that. We've got this meta world where we've got this insecurity now where our lives are being taken over by Reels. You know, we've got rid of Facebook Live. We're going to get Reels in October on Facebook. So now you've got Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Reels. They all have followers. They all have views. They all have shares. They all have likes. So, yeah, we've hidden the like count, but I can still see who likes it, even if you can't. So my insecurity is there of I'm going to hide my like count because I know that I'm embarrassed that it's not got the likes that you want it to have. And now you're, you and I are gonna see how many views you get and it's not gonna be enough. And you can put 30 hashtags and it makes no difference. Sherry Healy, give
2: me your advice. Oh my gosh. So do you remember, I mean, how how, how old are you? 29. God, you don't remember. So in the nineties, it was a magical, magical time because you could like exist and just exist. You could just exist. The The most exciting thing you might have is, like a disposable camera if you were at a music festival or like a nice camera if you were lucky enough to have one, but you know, that's it. And you could go places and just be there. And I'm so glad that I've got that memory of it. And actually I took my daughter to a water park the other day with her friend and they were like, oh, can we take our phones? Cause, we, cause as soon as we go paddleboarding, so we've got like plastic wallets for our phones. And they were like, oh, can we take those so that we can we can film it? And I was like, no, just go go and enjoy the water park. No, you're never gonna look at that photo again. You're gonna post it and no one's gonna care. Like, go and actually have a whole hour where you just jump up and down on inflatables in a, in a river. Like, have fun. And I'm really conscious of making sure that my kids have some experiences of, of not, it's like a tick. I think about Instagram all the time. And I'm a child of the '90s, so I remember what it's like to not have it. But you know, I'll see things and I'll think, I could Instagram that, I could Instagram that, I could Instagram that. Oh, look, that'll be a funny Instagram. And actually, it's it's really not good for our brains because we have. How many seconds, how many minutes every day? They're like tokens. They're like money. Why am I using so many of my tokens to think about content for social media? Now, I do think that social media is important and really useful and fantastic. And it's like having a free shop window. And like the show is going out tonight and I've been able to talk about it. Put posters up on my shop window. So it's really useful. It's great for business and it connects you to wonderful people. But it's like a beast and we have to keep it in its place. Like we have to, like wine, like sugar, like anything we need to keep a really close eye on it because it can get to you and it gets to me johnny absolutely it gets to me all the time like oh my god she only had these many followers and now she's got loads of followers like what am i doing wrong and uh, even if you've got any kind of profile it still gets people it gets under their skin and it really ruins people's experience of their life and i don't know what the answer is i know that i'm watching my daughter spend more time on her phone than she should probably and i'm conscious to make sure we go outside and we do fun things like paddle boarding like hanging out together on our own with on without any phones Like we go roller skating together no phones just just her and i because the phone sits and it's like even if you're not on it it like shouts at you because you want that dopamine hit. you want i'm reading a book at the moment and i'm determined to bloody finish this one but my phone sits and winks at me it's like oh you could be you could be and if there's a bit of a boring bit in the book you know they're setting up the context for the next scene my phone's so tempting and addictive and I want to see how that posted so I think our generation is having the first really big conversation about the consequences of social media addiction because we're now at the point we've had it long enough we can see the consequences
1: and that's it I went to Westlife last week and I had to watch each song click the first chorus make sure I've got a TikTok going, so I've got lots of 20-second clips, and then I can enjoy the second half of the song and sing my heart out and, you know, do the key change and punch the air. But as long as I had that clip out for each song, so I could make a little montage for TikTok, because that's the way our brains have wired compared to when it was MySpace, and no one cared about followers, and it was just, I'm just going to put rubbish oh. up there.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I went to Jeremy Vine this morning, and I was, I was, I was really excited. I love going on that show so much. And I went on it, and I got back in the car, I was like, oh, that was so fun. I really enjoyed It's such a nice team. And it's always such an enjoyable experience. I got in the cab and I was like, damn it, I didn't film enough for the real. I had a wonderful, wonderful morning, wonderful experience. I should have been in the car thinking, thank you universe for that lovely experience. Instead, I was like, damn it. I was too busy having a good time. Now listen, I'm, I still think it's part of our job. Social media is important, but yeah, I mean, I've been at concerts and like just held my phone up. Like who's gonna, what? Why? No one wants to watch a second-hand concert through me, but I've like literally watched entire concerts through the medium of my phone. I know there are some artists now who say, don't don't put your phones away. I don't want to see your phones.
1: Yeah, I, and you- I do watch on YouTube every Sunday night, either Westlife or Michael Bull or Coldplay or Elton John. I'll watch someone who's put up two hours of that concert and I'll just keep well, watching. Then
2: watching. Then maybe it is a service. For some people, it's a service. <laughs> I, I, I wish I wish phones had been invented in Michael Jackson's age because seeing content, that, you know those those. I'd love to see Lady Gaga's concert. I haven't been able to get tickets, but you know maybe I should go on YouTube.
1: Well, exactly. Well, look, you mentioned Jeremy Vine, who's on Channel Five. You were on with Alexis Conran this morning, the king of the real hustles. You could have filmed him doing a magic trick. Um, you didn't. Isn't,
2: it, that, isn't so. he doing Times Radio?
1: He does, Times Radio, Saturdays and Sundays, 1 to 4pm. There's a nice celebrity spot at 2.15 and 3.15 on the Saturday and Sunday that all fun up my book. There's a cheeky pub for me in all of that. Always bring it back to number one. Always bring it back. So look, let's talk about Channel 5, because this is amazing. You're on Channel 5 all week at 7pm. They've never done it before. They get rid of Neighbours, they got rid of Randy Street, and income. comes Sherry Healy. What a change.
2: Oh my God, I mean... I mean, I have not yet seen The Final Neighbours. I am saving that up. Uh, me and my boyfriend will be watching that. Um, oh, by the way, can I just say how excellent I thought Alexis was today? He was so, he's so good. I've never really seen him like properly do his thing.
1: Well, this is he- it was his first show today, because those who don't know, Dawn Neeson did a month of it. Uh, Alexis is doing it this month, this month while Storms off having her, you know, bringing up her newborn baby. The, just a bit of context for everyone.
2: Oh, my God, I love that. So it's the extra bit. It was so interesting. It was so good. And we had Dr. Elian answering questions. Yeah, but I just wanted to say that as a, as a side note. He was, he was so good. He's such a natural host.
1: He is, he is. Well, The Real Hustle on BBC3 back in the day was incredible. And he used to do an amazing show on talk radio as well. Anyway, anyway can we get to Channel 5, please? Because I've got five minutes left of your time before this Zoom call comes out. Um, so tell me about the show. Where can people see it? What's it about?
2: Exactly. So it, it's it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. It'll be on catch ups. If you're watching later, if you're watching these podcasts later, go on Channel Five. It's called Women's Health: Breaking the Taboos. We cover so many things. Um, Johnny, someone let me watch her have a hysterectomy, which is when they remove the uterus and sometimes other bits in, in the body. And this amazing woman called Gillian let me watch that surgery. And she stayed awake during the surgery because she's got a medical background and she wanted to see it because she's curious. And then they brought out the, she brought, they brought out her uterus and it was on a tray. And it's like a little red balloon. That's where the baby grows. It's like a little, yes yeah, it's like a little balloon. And she said, do you, want, do you want to touch it? And I said, yes, obviously. So I touched the uterus and it's still warm from her body. And we both said thank you to it for giving her three lovely children who are all grown up and they took it away. And it was one of the most amazing, remarkable experiences of my entire life. So you get to watch that, you get to experience that with me. We talk about heavy periods and incontinence and insomnia and all the things that come with menopause. And we also talk about endometriosis and fibroids. And I hope that it will help women to get help instead of suffering in silence. And it will be fantastic for men as well. So if their partners are not, like if they're not quite themselves, then their partners will just to say, hmm, do you know what? I think you might be going through the menopause. Why don't we just go to the GP and see what we can do? So this is not just for women, it's for men and women and children. And it's educational, but it's also a hoot.
1: Amazing, amazing. And final question, Sherry. So Jeremy Vine has now got extended, as you know, because you're on a this morning. So he finishes about 12-ish. Then you've got a big break. Then you've got my friend uh, Claudia Eliza on at five o'clock with Dan Walker for the news bulletin. Then they've got you at seven o'clock. There's a big gap in the middle that needs to be filled. And I've heard Ben found a podcast talking about that daytime lineup. I wanna see, and here's a, it's a question slash a statement. I want you to have an afternoon show on channel five every day at three o'clock where you interview inspiring people. Can we make this happen, please?
2: Johnny, make it happen. I know that you can, you're like a genie. I think you just put it out into the universe. We'll put it out into the universe.
1: Well, what is your plan? Cause Channel 5 have now got their talent. You are a key part of this lineup now. You know, you've, been, so. you've done your bit at the BBC, but now you're here, Dan Walker's here. What's the plan for you at Channel 5 now?
2: I don't know. They've been so incredible to me. 10 years younger is like a dream. It's a dream to film, we all cry, it's heavenly. And now they've entrusted me with this show, which I did I did not take lightly. Um, I held this baby very carefully as did the production company um, run by Emma and Ollie at Lambent. We knew the responsibility of the show. So I hope I've done a good job and I hope Channel 5 still see me as part of their roster. I trust them, I just do. The last two things they've given me have been absolute dream projects. So. I think being led by by Ben Frau, you know, he's a, he's a maverick, and he, I mean, you know, this show is I can't, I really couldn't believe it had been commissioned. So he knows what he's doing. So we shall see. It's all very exciting. I hope that I get to do more things with them.
1: Women's health breaking the taboos is on tonight and for the rest of the week at 7 pm on channel 5. After you've seen my friend Claudia Eliza give you your news bulletins of the day and catch up on my five. You've been listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny Seaford. If you like what you had, please do go and rate the podcast, subscribe to it share, it, share it, share it with everyone. Let's break some more taboos on social media and actually use social media for good. At Sakadian's Security Security career podcast at Johnny Seaford's great profile on Instagram. I've been Johnny Seafer. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.